0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, y'all? This
1: is One Royal Way here on Kansas City Sports Network. My name is Joel Penfield. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Joining me today, Josh Kaiser, one of my co-hosts over at Royals Farm Report. How you doing, buddy?
2: Not too bad. Uh had have, have been had a, a great day so far and uh pleasantly talking to you about Royals baseball. So I'm I'm pumped to be here. We're normally normally we record in the evenings after our children go to bed, but uh due to the
1: Chiefs game uh being on Thursday and not Sunday kind of messed up the schedule a little bit. So we're going in, you know, afternoon on wednesday and not normally my my normal recording time and normally because it's in the evening i'm a podcast beer guy uh but today i'm podcast coffee because i do work in the corporate world and it might be frowned upon uh, to crack open a beer during the middle of my workday. you know not on a friday okay you know occasionally you can get away with that on a on a nice friday in the office however uh i can't do that today so coffee uh, it is. if
2: anybody from my job is listening i don't know what your clock says joel but mine says 501 um,
1: That's fair. Hey, it is five o'clock somewhere, right?
2: Yep. Yep. That's what my clock says.
1: Hey, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> this show is all, all, as always, brought to you by Kansas City Strength and Conditioning. Let's hear a quick word
2: from them. From the beginning, we knew right away that we wanted to do strength, conditioning, and a throwing program for the baseball and softball community. It wasn't something we were trying to back into or all of a sudden learn. We knew we were really good at these coaching these skills from the get-go and the fact that we're in the same business and the employees are all on the same page. You know, we can write a program based off of what a kid needs, not just getting him stronger or faster from a general sense. It's what does this kid need? On the pitching end, we can say, hey, this kid needs such and such. He needs to do this or that better. A lot of times it turns out it's not something that needs to be fixed in the baseball cage or on the throwing mound. It actually needs to be fixed in the weight room.
1: Thank you as always KCSC for sponsoring this show. Be sure to check them out if you have a baseball or softball player in the area that needs a place to train. So we're going to talk about the, you know, maybe the potential roster construction for 2023 come up here in a little bit. Before we do that, We talked a little bit about this uh, on Royals Farm Report, which we recorded on Tuesday. By the time you're listening to this, it should be up on the podcast channel, so be sure to check that out. We talked about it a little more from like a 30,000-feet perspective of the entire organization and what this quote meant from J.J. Piccolo. We're going to focus, obviously, more on the big league side of what this could mean for next season. J.J. Piccolo did an interview on Cody and Gold uh, on six ten, talking about Chris Bubic and Daniel Lynch specifically, and it's a different tune than we've heard from the organization in the past with a lot of these guys. And the, the quote says, you know, Boobich and Lynch are getting to points in their careers where it's in their hands. We're being patient, but they're going to have to take control of their own careers. Those two are a big part of our future, and they need to get better. On the surface, yes, he is correct. Neither has lived up to the expectation at this point I, at all. I, I don't think you can dispute that at all at this point, right? but it is odd because we've heard almost the exact opposite sentiment from Dayton and JJ for most of the season when it comes to the the pitching side. And I don't think they're oblivious to the struggles that the entire pitching staff has had really outside of Brady Singer all year long. So this tells me that maybe we're heading in a direction where the Royals are going to make some significant changes on the pitching end, not only at the big league level, but on the minor league level, which we talked about, um you know yesterday what are what are your thoughts on this because i i think this is the beginning of seeing some
2: serious changes happening hell yeah and it's it's very i brought it up on the podcast was farmer for a podcast bump bump uh that it was a change in tone but it does seem like it's the start of an of the changes that Uh, that Dayton Moore talked about accountability. Picolas talked about accountability and that was a big driving force of their interviews and holding people accountable. And to me, the, that kind of started with the Keller. I mean, he, his demotion, or I guess move to the bullpen was kind of the first one where you're just like, Oh, this is for real. They're just not, they're not, this isn't just lip service. We always, we've been talking trying to get Cal, Cal Eldred's head on a pike for like the last six months, seemingly. So the fact that they actually made that Keller move was the first indicator. Like, okay, so there are repercussions to bad performance, and here's where it's kind of showing. And then they follow that up with not retaining uh, Jason Simon Tachi as the uh, pitching coordinator for the minor leagues. We saw it all across the board, more or less. Every pitcher outside of like maybe a handful of them took a step back, if not, you know, uh, maybe a on side their step face. In fell on their face. Yeah. Let's absolutely, just be honest. absolutely. Like- So that is also another repercussion of poor performance. And now we would have we have never heard really them treat any of these big, you know, pitching prospects in this wave as like direct, accountable, uh, a firm voice saying, hey, we need you guys here you got to figure it out one way or another, either figure it out on your own with private pitching coach or get on board with what we're trying to say. We would rather it be the latter, but we understand we just want you part of this. And and if that's the way you got to go it's go time, now's the time to do it. You're getting your opportunities, get on it. Um, so it was definitely a change in tone, which is good to see. It's also very called for, very obvious that something needs to happen. And it's kind of good to to be able to point to something and be like, okay, here are three things that are happening right now that are different than what they've been doing. So that's good to see.
1: Yeah. I mean, we, we heard the the quotes early on in the year from Dayton when this, the season really kind of fell to shit just to be mm. honest. Yep. And talked about, you know, needing a culture of accountability and that's across the board from top down and that involves the players too, but we didn't see any of that really until the last like two weeks. And I understand when it's early in the season, even when the season is going well, you don't want to make a rash move like that's Mm. just not in the nature of this organization to do so for good or for bad like i i understand wanting your guys to figure it out however there are times where you do need to make a rash decision and they didn't they Mm -hmm. haven't done that and this feels like now they finally realized okay clearly there is some failure somewhere Somewhere, and i don't think they are go and i don't think the royals are ignorant to struggles that happened in the organization and some of it does fall on coaching right like It just does. And Mm -hmm. because I don't, because I do not want to believe that Chris Bubich and Daniel Lynch are not trying and they're not, you know, they're not trying to get better. Like as a, if they, and if they are, then see you dude. Like, I don't know what you're doing as a professional athlete at that point. If you are not trying to get better and you're just like, well, it is what it is. I'm just going to go out and see what happens. Like, that's just not it. And I don't Mm. think, Chris Bubich and Daniel Lynch are too smart for that. Like, they came from two academic institutions in college for me to believe they aren't going to try, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're obviously smart people outside of baseball to f- try and figure this out, and obviously they're trying to figure things out. Daniel Lynch was going to, you know, for the last couple of years has gone outside the organization to go and see help in the offseason. Chris Bubich did as well, obviously, during the lockout, but developed a slider. Like, he was trying to take his career into his own hands. They both have done that, and clearly whatever – conversations happened between what they did in the off season and spring training did not mesh. And now we're seeing the results of it where Chris Bubich has been awful for most of the year. Daniel Lynch has shown flashes, but he has for the most part, not been good either. So mm-hmm. we're starting to see some of this, this maybe feels like a little bit of a kick in the ass to, to Lynch and Bubich, obviously that you guys do need to get better. And I agree, but at a certain point, man, it's got to fall in the coaching because it is across the board. If it was just Daniel Lynch and Chris Bubich, sure. Then I'm Mm. I'm willing to listen to, hey, these guys need to figure it out. But John Heasley has not gotten better since he's been in the big leagues. You see Max Castillo start walking people when he wasn't doing that in Toronto. Brad (laughs) Keller fell on his face after the first about three starts. Really, as I mentioned in the beginning, other than Brady Singer turning into a solid two, potentially a one if he takes another step everyone else has been bad especially in starting rotation doesn't matter who they've thrown out there man
2: yeah I was gonna give credit to grinky but I don't know that might be against your against your point or just like i mean not necessarily i going. i mean
1: I don't know if grinky i mean I feel like grinky's met expectation for what we thought he could be other yes, than getting absolutely. hurt like he's been about a four two four three era he's served i think he's just now. over a four. Yeah. Like that's fine. That's about what I said in April. Like if he does that, then we're, we're cooking with gas for what, and if you're getting that from him, then I thought maybe we would get some better stuff from other people. That obviously hasn't happened. And it's part of the reason why the Royals are almost 30 games below 500 at this
3: point. Yeah.
2: And that's, it was also part of the interview when they were talking about Singer being more or less the only lock in the rotation next year. And they asked him about the adjustment that he made and Pacolo said that he didn't look very sharp in spring and they were wondering why that was the case. Sure enough, they started him out in the bullpen and he didn't look great. He made a couple of appearances coming out of the bullpen and said that he did a fastball profile adjustment in the bullpen. And then once that was made, they sent him to Omaha to build his pitch count back up. And that very well may be true. It's it's just interesting that everybody kind of thought that he went to Omaha and got fixed and then came back as opposed to he made the adjustment and they sent him down to Omaha to build up his pitch count. So if it is diagnosable from the major league uh, staff and the coaching and it had, and it did work for Singer, he, he did it and then went down to Omaha, worked on it, built his pitch count up. And now he's back doing absolutely what he's doing, then maybe that ability is in this clubhouse and these guys are just having trouble buying in. I don't know if that's the case, but it kind of you start connecting dots here and that you could absolutely argue that they fix Singer. They should be able to fix Lynch. They should be able to fix Bubich, They should be able to, to uh, promote Heasley. They should be able to develop Carlos Hernandez. So you have one good if you give him credit for Singer, you also have to give him credit for not being able to do the same thing with all these other young pitchers. And it's just tough to be able to point to something. And and see what the problem was, and then figure out how to fix that.
1: I mean, hell, if you want to go back to last year, there was a point where Brad Keller had a string of awful starts, and in more or less words, Cal Eldred said, "I don't know how to fix him. I don't know what to do." Like that should have been a massive five alarm red flag at that point that your pitching coach can't even find an answer to figure something out, let alone try and figure out five or six other pitchers and any other pitcher in the bullpen.
2: And I remember the context. The context of that might have been more so. I don't know how to get what I need to get across to him. To him, maybe that's what he meant. I remember the co- the context was out of a post game, I believe, with Keller. Yeah, like the, the
1: the quote may have been out of context, but that's still not an answer you want to hear from 100%. anybody that's yeah. in authority for an organization.
2: And, and maybe Keller just didn't have it. Obviously, he had. Some, he had a great start. He did like the first two months were just nails, Brad Keller. Like maybe best we'd ever seen Brad Keller. And then he absolutely, like you said, fell on his face, got moved to the bullpen where he's also been not great. So you kind of do start to wonder where his position is the rest of this tenure with the Royals. Have we already seen it? Does he get non-tenured next year? Or does he, you know, kind of compliment and get uh, more focused on his bullpen role and see what he can do out of the bullpen he has shown potential out there. We always know that people's guy, their guys stuff can play up out of the bullpen. So maybe that's just what he needs, but it's just, again, it's, it's very he interesting hasn't... that, that it's, it's his move. He was, uh, you know, not able to fix things and then he got sent to the bullpen and that's you know, part of the accountability.
1: And he went to the bullpen and it hasn't been good there either. So I yeah. think we're seeing the end of the rope for Brad Keller. I think this was a, you know, Hey, Let's let's see if maybe this is going to be your role for next year, and I don't even think we've seen that at this point. And we'll talk right. a little more about that uh, in a second. Any other final thoughts on anything that JJ said in that interview? Um, I know you had um, a couple other quotes from there. I had truly have not been able to listen to the entire thing. Uh, yeah. the, the interview he did with Cody. But were there any other any other quotes there that you found that were interesting?
2: Um, interesting, not surprising. Uh, they said their focus is going to be on a free agent. Uh, pitchers and yeah. it's not going to be at the top crop. It's going to be guys with quote unquote traits that they can quote unquote develop and promote and make better and unlock their potential. Uh, mm, so I don't like it, any of that <laughs> <laughs> unless they make a now they, Now if they
1: make wholesale changes to the coach, to the pitching development and coaching staff, then yeah. I'll be willing to listen. But if they keep the current core intact and they think they can develop anything, I, yeah.
2: And and let's not, not forget like the Homer Bailey p- p- situation. Like, they had a guy, they identified a guy that they liked. They thought that they could do something with him, and he was good, and he turned into a trade piece, and maybe they can do that again. But it's not like they haven't done that, but I don't think you have the highest faith in this organization to be able to do that again. So maybe they're talking about bargain bin. Maybe they're talking about like a Vargas deal. Maybe they're talking about an Ian Kennedy deal. Maybe they're talking about you know, not necessarily going to be playing for the judges, which they actually mentioned they're not going to be in the judge sweepstakes. Sh- shocking, I know. Um, but uh, I mean, DeGrom not going to be on the, on, not on the table. Um, so it's just, that's, that was interesting to me. Also not surprising. The other part is they talked a little bit about the rule changes next year. Um, namely like the larger bases, the Royals like to run. They have a lot of athleticism on this roster. So that could benefit them in theory, more, they said in theory, more safe calls and out calls and uh, a team like the Royals who potentially, like to play small ball with two thirds of their lineup. Uh, it could benefit them in the long run there, as well as having a very left-handed heavy uh, lineup and getting rid of that. Uh, the shift is going to be beneficial as well. So those were the two other things that were, they did say some other things. They like Drew Waters. They like Melinda is shocking, um, but it's just, yeah, those are like a, the more interesting com- comments and quotes from that interview that I thought.
1: Yeah. The, the bigger bases I think is going to be the one, like rule that I don't think anyone notices because yeah. it's not like they're making them like Looney Tune size. Like it's going like a couple inches. Like they're not um, going to be much bigger.
2: So it, I, I did watch a couple minor league games this year and I, it was noticeable. It was me, noticeable.
1: Okay. I haven't seen, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen many where that's the case, but yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that works. Yeah. Um, yeah. The pitch clock I think is really going to help a couple of guys. Uh, oh, yeah. Brady Singer already works really fast, so I don't have to worry about that. But like Chris Bubich is a human rain delay, maybe <laughs> speeding him up a little bit, maybe helps him just lock in a little more. Um, yeah. I hope maybe that's the case because there are some times where guys are just work so slow that I'm like, man, this is a human rain delay and I can't I can't watch this. Like there are some <laughs> pictures that's just unwatchable when they get going. Uh, Give me
2: more Brady Singers, Mark Mark Burleys, Mark that, Burley. Uh, I loved watching Mark, Mark Burley, Burley for multiple so reasons, but I loved it. Like he was a he, he was like speed running baseball. It was amazing, yeah. uh, and that was that was the biggest like watching watching Major League Baseball compared to minor league baseball. To me, the biggest difference was that pitch clock. Super. I mean, there were some Omaha guys or Omaha games that were just over two hours. That's awesome. Yeah. To me. I went to
1: this is one of the only minor league games I was able to get to this year, but I went to Northwest Arkansas Frisco. Uh, back Uh in April yep, and the Naturals won like 12 to two or something like it was a blowout normally when you go to a minor league game like that that's like a four-hour endeavor and I think we were in and out in two and a half hours it was remarkable so that that rule is going to help if you want to make pace of play that much of an issue like it's the hill that Rob Manford's been willing to die on like you want to make that (laughs) your thing that's fine um but if you watch the pace of a college football game, that's that can take almost four and a half hours to finish four quarters. And you think that major league baseball is a pace of play problem. Okay. I mean, baseball <laughs> has baseball on average has more action plays than college football. Uh, yeah. When you actually look at the time of play. So yeah, know, it's, it's okay. kind of okay. an apples apple. You do, I guess if it, you know, go off King, I guess I don't really care. People,
2: people um, can 100%. They're way more willing to, endure the delays of football they'll watch a five-hour super bowl uh like willingly go into work with three hours of sleep on super bowl monday and and be completely fine with it but by god if you give me a three-hour baseball game you get the hell out right now
1: yeah whatever i'm not gonna get too i'm not gonna go too far down that rabbit hole but hey guys Uh, well, we'll get to our roster locks in just a second, but before we do that, the wait is over. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas just in time for football season. That means you can bet legally on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, or, or and more. Anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State to celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook gambling problem getting help is your best bet call 800-522-4700 21 and over physically present in Kansas eligibility restrictions apply bonus issued as free bets one early win token issued at opt-in money line bets only deposit and wagering restrictions apply eligibility and, restri- and terms at draftkings.com/kansas on behalf of boot hill resort and casino if you Flawless like free victory. money, thank you very much uh <laughs> if you like free money and this is not gambling advice um, but Iowa is currently a 23-point favorite against Nevada on Saturday. Nevada's terrible. They just lost to Incarnate Word this past weekend. I didn't know Incarnate Word had a football team. But my God, if you think that Iowa should be a 23-point favorite against anybody, you are out of your damn mind. So, (laughs) I'm on Nevada plus 23 this weekend. Unless you believe that That Iowa can cover that with three pick sixes and a safety, then be my guest. Uh, But I'm going to go and win a little bit of money on Nevada plus 23 this weekend because the Big Ten stinks. It's terrible. (laughs) It's awful. All of it.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Okay, moving on. Um, let's talk about some roster locks for 2023. There aren't many as I'm re- looking through this 40-man roster. And mm-hmm. we're doing we're doing the 40-man, we're not doing, um, not doing the 26 because that obviously changes so much. Mm-hmm. So let's go to pitchers first. These are all the pitchers on the 40-man roster, and this includes guys in the aisle and the minor leagues. Scott Barlow, John Boland, Jake Brents, Chris Bubich, Max Castillo, Taylor Clark, Dylan Coleman, Jose Quas, Amir Garrett, Zach Grinke, John Heasley, Carlos Hernandez, Brad Keller, Jackson Coar, Daniel Lynch, Wyatt Mills, Anthony Masevich. I hope I said that right. Brady Singer, Colin Snyder, Gabe Spire, Josh Stomont, Luke Weaver, Nate Webb, Ryan Weiss, Weiss, uh, Angel Zerpa, and Tyler Zuber. I forgot Tyler Mm -hmm. Zuber existed. I'm not going to lie. Get well soon. Yeah, get well soon, buddy. Uh, Friend of the pod.
2: Who are locks for you for the pitchers? Um. So I got obviously Singer. We talked about him. I think Barlow, Jake Brents, and Josh Stamont have shown enough to be uh, locks in my book. Um, For the 40-man, Bubich, Lynch, Castillo, Zerpa, Heasley, Coar, and Bolin, I think, are locks. I don't think you're giving up on any of those dudes yet. No. And then Dylan Coleman... Uh, Jose Quas, Brad Keller, probably, I'm going to say. Not as locks. Are we doing locks? Or are we doing on the bubble here. Locks right now. Okay. Uh, then I will say on the bullpen, Barlow, Brent, Stomont, Dylan Coleman, Jose Quas, Carlos Hernandez. Locks.
1: All right. right yep. Yeah. So let me. I'd also
2: throw this. Alec Marsh as a lock on the 40.
1: That's a good call. Um, yeah, that's. That's something I was thinking about as well. I'm not trying to go too deep into this. Like, I'm this is not going to account guys um, that have a year control that could potentially be traded, uh, DFA candidate like that. For there's not a lot here that we're trying to delve into. I don't want to speculate a ton outside of this because that could be a two hour episode if we really wanted to do that. I don't think people want to listen to a two hour episode during football season. I know my (laughs) place in the content world here. Um, Locks for the 40, Barlow, Bolin, Brent. I'm going to hold off on Brent's for now. Yeah. Bubich, Castillo, I think they do like him. I think it's just a matter of finding his role. Yeah. Coleman, Kwas, Garrett, Heasley, I think is still a lock here. Um, then we'll go down. Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coar, Brady Singer, Josh Stamont, Angel Zerpa, I think are our locks right now.
2: The other two that aren't accounted for, Marsh I said, but I think Josh Dye could be potentially a lock Cause that he's had a solid year um, and then been on the injured list. And I think he would still, I think he was on the 60 day DL, but Richard Lovelady uh, potentially needing to be activated as well. I feel like that would be potential for a lock two, just because you're not sure what you got, but I could also see a non-tendering waiver p- process and then potentially yeah. head back to, back to Omaha. So I think All yeah, right. we, those guys are definitely in the mix. I wouldn't call them locks, but they're certainly on the on the fringe, on the bubble.
1: Yeah, well, who are some of your bubble guys here?
2: Um, I mean, I have Amir Garrett on my bubble. He's been fine, um, but he's going to be making a little bit. I think it's the last year of arbitration. Yeah, do you want to pay him? I'm going to guess like three to five million dollars for the last year. Maybe so. I we talked a little bit about I the pre-show like Amir. That- I like
1: Amir. And I'd yeah. be okay with them keeping him around. I have him as a roster lock because I think they do keep him around. Mm-hmm. He's he's not your lefty that's going to go and get you three outs in the ninth inning. Right? Like, he's just not that type. But when deployed properly as a lefty specialist type, um, you know, not high level like medium leverage situations. Yeah, I think he's a very solid dude to have, and I yeah. would be fine. And that's a good veteran presence to have in your bullpen too.
2: 100%. Because like he'll going to fight anyone, and oh, I yeah. want that guy on my team. Absolutely. And I we talked a little bit about it today in the group chat, but it seems like with the elimination of that shift, it's obviously going to be more advantageous for left-handed batters. So I wonder if there's going to be a shift in giving a little bit more value in those left-handed relievers to get, create the most difficult matchup for left-handed batters. Now, I wonder if that's going to make a little bit more of a comeback even with the minute the, the three-out minimum. That's a really interesting premise, and I think uh, there's
1: going to be probably you know, a Fangrass article written about that. <laughs> like, I, I bet we'll see something like that. That, that is a very interesting thought here. And yeah. Really,
2: really, really good stuff like um, the other guys on the on the uh, bubble here is Misovic. I, I wouldn't have him as a lock, even though he's been really solid this year. Luke Weaver, um, not been good, but I do think that they would still potentially give him time to figure it out and be a bullpen piece. Colin Snyder, Tyler Zuber – uh, Clark, Mills, Spire, Weiss, Webb, all those guys on the 40 man currently. I could 100% start seeing uh, 40 man spots being lost in that spot because I don't see there's many, not many uh, 40 man spots available for in the starting pitcher role or in the position player role. It's already pretty shallow on both of those yeah. if you're talking about major league caliber. So I, I, I could, if there are some 40 man casualties, I feel like it's going to be coming out of that bullpen.
1: Yeah, so my bubble slash I wouldn't put a roster spot on there because it kind of falls into everybody that I didn't add here. Brent is on the bubble for me just because he wasn't good this year before he yeah. got hurt. Now I don't know if that was injury related.
3: Yeah, that's what but
1: that's it's still like they could deploy him they deployed him well i think in 21 they didn't at all like he's not a high leverage reliever he's just not Mm -hmm. uh but he's a good piece to have but if you're gonna ask him to be a high leverage guy then i don't want him in my bullpen Mm -hmm. taylor maybe he's a jake
2: diekman guy i I like having those two guys together because they were kind of the same dude and then you can just keep one of them so that's I, i i think and he's a he's somewhat of a success story in this pitcher program and you'll be You'll be wrong if you think that they aren't going to keep guys like that That's a little longer than they especially,
1: should. Especially especially if they don't make any of those changes that we've been talking about. This they can you point know. to
2: Brent and be like, hey, this guy, we kind of turned around.
1: Yeah. Sorry, my buddy sent me something really funny. Um, Carlos Hernandez, I'm putting him on the – I've never been a fan of Carlos Hernandez. I just haven't. He was a nice story for six weeks last year. He's been awful outside of that, both before and this year, just holistically. Um, Brad Keller is on my bubble because I think they gave him, they sent him to the bullpen as a, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, as a, hey, let's see if you can figure it out here. And we'll we'll put you in the bullpen next year. He's been awful out of the bullpen. Like, I don't think he's had a clean inning out of the bullpen yet this year. Low leverage, high leverage, any of it. That he is a very serious non-tender candidate for me, yeah. Because I don't for think real. they're going to find. I don't think you'll find a trade partner for him. Maybe, but it could be this situation where they just cut bait and go. Mm-hmm. Especially if a new pitching coach, a new pitching dev come in.
2: I think you could potentially make an argument for both him and Hernandez if we gave them a, an offseason to lean into the bullpen role, focus on what they can do to elevate their their strengths to play up some of that stuff. And then see what maybe. happens. That's I mean, the argument Carlos I think Hernandez for both of those. Has been out of the
1: bullpen all year, and he still stinks.
2: Yeah, but I, 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 it feels like it's a different mentality for some guys, and I there think that especially young guys would probably need a little bit more of a translation or a more time to figure that out. So maybe, maybe yeah. there's a transition period with him, but maybe he's had plenty of time, and he gets they kind of lose lose confidence in him.
1: Yeah, Wyatt Mills, he's been okay. Um, yeah, but I don't know if he's a long term piece at all. Yeah. Uh, Colin Snyder.
2: He was a nice story for a little bit.
1: He's been bad outside of like five good outings he had in April. So Mm -hmm. I don't know how much longer you can let that train go. I forgot to mention Gabe Spire. I like Gabe Spire. I think he has a really nice spot in the bullpen. I totally overlooked him earlier. Luke Weaver is on my bubble, even though I thought for sure he was, he would get a shot next year. I don't know. Uh, He could very well be a roster casualty this offseason If they just go, okay, this didn't work. Let's move on. Yeah. And then, Ryan Weiss. I know they pick him up in a trade with Arizona early. I don't we haven't seen him in the big league, so I don't know. And yep. then Tyler Zuber again, it's just the injury concern. That's mm-hmm. that's the only thing here. Uh moving on to catchers, I think this is pretty cut and dry. Melendez, Perez, Rivero. I don't think there's anybody else that they add or cut from that. I think that's your group.
2: Could be Logan Porter. He's been a monster in the minor leagues this year, but I, I feel like, yeah, that's that's probably enough. And especially I mean, my the final draft of my final twenty six for the twenty twenty three roster doesn't include Seabass on that active roster like they're currently carrying. Yeah, Um, I don't think he's a. I don't think he'll always. I don't think
1: they're gonna carry three catchers all the time. But this year, I totally get it, and I'm fine with it. It's it's whatever. And Rivera was, if nothing else, awesome defensively. I think he can be Cam Gallagher for you moving forward, and that's perfectly fine. That's a great role and a valuable role to have on a baseball team at any
2: whether you're good or
1: bad. That's huge. Yep. Field, so I, yeah, kid I, kid.
2: I, I don't know if they'll add a fourth, but it could be Logan Porter if you still consider him a catcher. But yeah, you yeah. May
1: not. I, even if he's Rule Five eligible this year, I think he's going to get through and he'll be back in the organization. He'll go to AAA. Yep. And if someone gets hurt, I would imagine they'll give him an opportunity because the dude just hits. Like whether yep. you believe that Logan Porter can be anything at the big league level, like he deserves an opportunity. Huge, huge credit to him for just working his ass off to play. Yeah. I mean, he's 27 in AAA right now. Like that. Yep not easy for a lot of guys to be able to do that i could also
2: see freddie Fermin get added because he has both the defense and he had a great year at the plate so i could see them trying to protect him as rule five apparently a big clubhouse guy as well so i could i could also see them adding him to protect him in the organization too but that's again on the bubble so i wouldn't call him a lock
1: all right uh infielders dozier garcia lopez Massey, Mondesi, o'hearn prado and bobby Mm mm-hmm Locks, Garcia, Nicky, Massey, Prado, Witt.
2: Yep, probably so. Hunter uh, Dozier to we're... the
1: organization is probably a lock.
2: He's absolutely lock.
1: But for me, it is going to physically pain me to watch Hunter Dozier <laughs> go out there every single day <laughs> and play baseball for this team.
2: Like, well, it has tums, gone maybe from... because you're going to see it.
1: It has gone from, and Alex, I think, pointing this out on Real Farm, like it's gone from, all right, this will be fine to, uh, to why is he out there? <laughs> like it has gone like that straight. I mean, it has happened fast yeah. about the descent of people going like, oh, okay, whatever. To why? Like it's yeah. gone like Ryan O'Hearn downhill fast, right?
2: And it's it's interesting that you bring up Ryan O'Hearn in that same breath because with this lineup being left-handed heavy, they're going to want right-handed batters to be able to switch in and out. He can play corner outfielders. He can play third and first. You can totally see him getting pinch hit opportunities late in the game if he is moved to like a utility backup role, which could happen. And you could put him on the end of the bench. Nobody will care. Just like nobody's calling for Ryan O'Hearn's head right now. They're completely fine with him not taking big – uh you know regular at bats from anyone, and then still getting kind of matched up and, and strategically placed whenever they need them. So I could totally see Hunter Dozier playing that role, and it's not going to cripple this. I mean, it's not a fun okay. contract to put on okay, your okay, bench, but it's that. just there. Yeah. Like if that's
1: what you want to do, like fine. Uh, I'm yeah. not, I'm not calling for his head to be off the team, but mm-hmm. I also think like gotta at a certain point you just got to own up to your decision yeah. and just do what some Either. other teams do and just cut bait if you really yeah. think that is not there. Um, Yeah. Ryan O'Hearn is not going to be on this team next year. I hope he has a great career in the KBO
2: um, (laughs) and we'll just, we'll just go from there. Um, Do you you include Nate Eaton in the infielders or outfielders? So I'm just going down the
1: list and I think he's listed as an outfielder, but if they want to put make him your third baseman next year, I'd be. I love his utility.
2: Mm -hmm. I don't know. You don't really know. Okay. And then Mondesi is still on the 40 man. I think it's going to happen, man. I think he'll be back. I 100% do. I can't. You can't convince me of it. You just can't. That's right fine.
1: Now. And yep. and if they want to bring him back, cool. If you want him to start every day, you're delusional. If you no. want to just put him in your starting lineup at all on opening day, you are delusional. I'm sorry. You
2: like, have it. to be able to. I I don't know what his workload is. I mean, he got hurt so quick, and they talked about managing his workload this year. So I I don't know. I don't know. I just know that this organization is going to bring Mondesi back. <laughs> it's just, it's going to happen. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Nate Eaton, Kyle Isbell, Edward Olivares, Brent Rooker, Michael A. Taylor, Drew Waters, uh, Giraffalers, and then Vinny at DH. Vinny's a lock. No, no kidding. Um, yep. Nate Eaton is, I think he has proved himself to be a great bench utility guy that I think is going to be on the big league roster to start next year. Mm-hmm. Kyle Isbell, I think he's still a lock right now. The goal of Varys is. I think you're going to see some sort of platoon for those guys in right field, something like that. Brent Rooker, bye. Um, yeah. Drew Waters is a lock. I think he's going to be your opening day center fielder. Michael a. Taylor's on the bubble because I think he's a trade candidate. I think they actually try and move him this offseason because then Drew Waters becomes your center fielder every day next year. Yeah. You can't, and then, if they want to bring Michael a. Taylor back, okay, fine. Is it going to be super <laughs> underwhelming and sad? Yes. Like I like Michael A. Taylor. He's been a constant professional for this team for two years. It's nothing against the guy, but at this point, like he is what he is, and it's fine. Yep. I'm just looking for more than fine, as you can tell with most of like. If you want to bring a guy back, fine, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to feel that way. Like I don't. I want to be excited about the roster going into next year and. You putting it's gonna to be
2: tough to get this taste out of our mouths. I mean, it's uh-huh. been brewing it for like three seasons. Yeah, it's tough.
1: Like if we go into next year and I see a starting lineup that has Hunter Dozier in it and Michael A. Taylor in it, and Mondesi is somewhere in there. Like, I'm gonna be like
2: it's just not gonna be pretty. What are we expecting like, to change? What are we expecting to be change? Huge upgrades in that rotation is the only the only thing.
1: Yep, yep.
2: And I don't know. We we've already heard he's not going to go for big-time free agents. So how can you? I mean, you're gonna get excited because they got Sean Maniah in there, sure. Then you bring Green key back. Okay, what else you got? It's 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 kind of like that situation where what's gonna change? What's what is the big change here? The the other issue, the other positional guy that I wanted to bring up is going to be rule five eligible this December, and that's Tyler Tolbert. Oh, yeah. Uh if we're talking about this team contending anytime soon, you're going to want that Terrence Gore role. And Tyler Tolbert might be Gore plus as far as being able to steal bases. He hasn't shown it in the upper minors, mind you, but he is very fast. He just ripped off 60-plus consecutive – or not consecutive. Well, it is consecutive stolen base attempts this year without getting caught. We we waxed poetic last uh, last time on the Royals Farm Report podcast, but – I do wonder if that's even under consideration. If you really think that you're contending soon, you got to think about at least adding him to the 40.
1: Yeah, I he's a very royals type guy. I mean, we've seen Gerard Dyson as an 80 speed guy, I saw Terrence Score is an 80 speed guy, Tyler Tolbert is mm-hmm. very much that, and Nick Heath too. Um yep. the Royals give those guys the opportunity. So yes, they do. it wouldn't shock me, but I also don't think. I don't know, man. I don't that, know that is any, a very interesting one because I could five. see I can see both sides of it. Like I can totally yeah. see the Royals putting them on there because 80 grade tools get picked in rule in the rule five draft at any point. Yeah. So there's a very good chance you could lose Tyler Tolbert. But at the same time, like, do you think he can even remotely play in the big leagues? I <laughs> I is, just don't see it, man. Yeah. So if you want to put them on there, but then there are some other guys that I think are more deserving of that 40 man spot than Tyler Tolbert. So sure. yeah.
2: Yep. There's going to be some interesting decisions made. I For my locks and who I think is going to make it, I've got about 34 total players um, right. spread across 15 positional players, nine starters and 10 relievers leaving six spots open for a 40 man. I also kind of in that group, I kind of broke it down to the, what I think the 26 man will look like. I got 12 position players, three starters, eight relievers. I think modesty gets added, like I said, so that brings us to 13 position players. I think you need at least you need at least two more starters, and you need another high-leverage high reliever. Yeah. I think you have to add those guys. So at that point, you start eating into those 40-man those expendable bullpen arms that you might need to move, like a co to the bullpen full-time. You might need to move Heasley to the bullpen full-time and just lean into that reliever role and then just be able to make room for a competitive roster on the major league level.
1: Yeah. I mean, there are some interesting names that are going to be free agents. On the We talked about some of the starters. We talked about that last week. Yep. But just some names that I think could actually be somewhat intriguing. Um, Rafael Montero. From yeah. Houston is this, you know, would be an interesting one. Chad Green, I think he's hurt right now, but I think you're right. Uh, yep. Yeah, I don't know how serious an, it is, though. I can't remember. I just remember that he was, went on the aisle a while ago. Seth Lugo can spin it. That would be an interesting one. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. Just some throwing outs I Trevor May can spin it a little bit. Um, yep. If you're asking him to be your closer, I don't know how I feel about it, but if you want him to be your seventh or eighth inning guy, I think that could be fine. Yeah. Could bring back old friend Scott Alexander,
2: or old friend Trevor Rosenthal. Oh, uh, yeah. Archie Bradley, maybe give take a shot on him. I can see. Uh, it no, no.
1: I think no? he he he's been horrific the last couple of years. if I recall, man. Yeah, and and he got hurt going over the trying to climb over the railing in that Mariners Angels brawl. <laughs> so. I wish I'm joking, but he tripped and fell off right. his wrist. So, um, not sure, not sure about that one. Um, yep. Do you just say F it and go, hey, Kenley
2: Jansen, come teach our young guys? See, and that's, that's something that's certainly crossed my mind. I, I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't mind Taylor it. Rogers, too. Yeah. I mean, well, we got to fix him. And I'm, again, not real, not real, um, I don't have a lot of faith in this organization in doing that. What about Nicky Martinez? That wouldn't be interesting because he's actually he's been decent for San Diego. Yeah, I think they tried
1: starting option. him; it didn't work. Moved him to the bullpen; he's actually been pretty solid. Yep. So
2: there's so there's,
1: there's a lot of names op-
2: and some yeah. options. I I just they're not the guy that you're like. Let's go get Edwin Diaz. That's yeah. not happening. Not yeah. happening. No, could you imagine uh, how just- electric the trumpets would be in Kaufman Stadium? <laughs> he would come to Kaufman. And his whole marketability would plummet, so I think yeah. he has to stay in New York.
1: Yeah, Uncle Stevie will pay him. Absolutely. Uncle Stevie don't care. Uncle Stevie Cohen don't care about that luxury tax. He's got money He's on called trees. The Steve that... Cohen tax for a reason. That like that's where <laughs> they sit right now.
2: Yep, they're gonna get Judge and and resign Diaz, yeah. just cause. Just cause.
1: Oh man, no, I don't want Aaron Judge to go to the the Mets because he's never <laughs> going to stay healthy. Their trainer, their their PT Ballard. and training staff is the worst, and that's why I want Jacob Degrom to go somewhere else too. Yeah, and I want fair. them to trade Max Scherzer now because Max Scherzer keeps getting hurt. It's not good.
2: Like he's but is he coming back? He's about to come back, right? I think so, but still for the like, second time.
1: Yeah. Um. No, I want Aaron Judge to go to the Red Sox because that would be hysterical.
2: That uh, would be funny. It would, would be very, that'd funny. Be really
1: funny. Um, I'd be here for it. I just I want Aaron Judge to go and play for someone other than the Yankees because I really like Aaron Judge and I don't want Dodgers to play for the Yankees. He goes and plays for the Dodgers. I have no ill will toward the Dodgers. Like they sure they go and spend a crap ton of money, but think about how good they are at developing their own talent and then supplementing it with all the crap ton of money that they spend. So they're right
2: and they rub your face in it.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Like, oh yeah, not only are we the best at developing players, oh yeah, here's $300 bucks. F you guys, like that's That's them. So we got to like that. All right. Um, final thoughts here tonight or today, whatever. Um, what's the one storyline that you're following the rest of the baseball season across all sports, not just the Royals, but like what's the one storyline that you're kind of clinging on to this last month of the year?
2: Uh, I mean, the judge versus Otani MVP race is fascinating. Uh, very, very interesting because both those dudes honestly deserve it and it's mm-hmm. it sucks that it's not so cut and dry and black and white that you you be like oh well it's it's done this is this dude hit 60 plus home runs in a regular season game in a non-steroid area oh this dude is doing both MVP and Cy Young things just not quite up to the par of the other guy so it's it, it's to anybody you ask on the street it's an open and shut case but I for me I'm going to absolutely keep an eye on that the other one I talked to you guys a little bit about today is Bobby Witt's place in the AL Rookie of the Year race mm-hmm. uh, right now? He's like fifth in AL Rookie F War. Um, you guys mentioned the 2020 thing is going to play in his favor. Absolutely going to. But as of right now, to get that extra like comp pick, I don't know where Bobby's place is, and yeah, I don't know. He's really got to go on a tear to be you know to start building that case back up to be mentioned in that top three. Those are yeah, the two. Yeah, that's
1: going to be interesting to follow over the last few weeks of the year. I think Julio's got the award wrapped up yes but then it's a matter yep. of okay who's gonna get second place votes who's gonna get third place votes i'd imagine it's probably gonna be julio adley and bobby if you had yep. to just ask me right now like jeremy Payne is kind of i kind of forgot he existed there for a while i know he was on the injured list for a little bit he, he was yeah. really hot there out the gate and then just kind of has been fine um, yeah he's you know bobby's been better than him offensively obviously jeremy has been ridiculously good defensively so you have to weigh that um, mm-hmm. And I know fan war really takes into account the defensive side of things. So there's, there's that. Don't forget and
2: about your boy, George Kirby. He's Kirby been has been
1: nails. nasty, man. Yeah. That guy is ridiculous. If you ask yep. me in 2024, like for a Cy Young future, I'd put one on George Kirby. Yeah. Cause I think that like, he doesn't walk anybody. It's ridiculous. He has the yep. best K to walk ratio in baseball history through 20 starts.
2: He's a 1.13 walks per nine from a
1: rookie it's nuts I went back and looked and he had I think when he was at Elon because I actually did the write-up for him the draft guide in 2019 Mm. uh, and then the Mariners picked him I was like oh this dude's kind of good he walked six dudes in like 130 innings it's crazy oh and he started just casually throwing a two seamer six weeks ago and it's turned out to be
2: his best pitch so there's that Two seamer so much
1: just yeah, like them. he didn't throw it at all and then just magically started doing it and started shoving. So there's that aspect of
2: it. So the Mariners might have two can. I mean, we were I was kind of thinking like maybe MJ, maybe Vinny, maybe Prado can all like be in the picture when yeah. we get to the end of the season. And the Mariners might actually have the top two guys, the top two arguments in in they- Julio and in Kirby. So it's it's a very interesting race. And uh as speaking of futures, I'm assuming that you're gonna be watching Al- Alcantara for that Cy Young. Yeah. <laughs> The Marlins just suck.
1: So not it good. is. It he pitched. It's a well Grinky yesterday. situation. He pitched well yesterday, and they lost two to one. Yeah, he gave up two runs, and that was it. Like it, that it's matters not like,
2: for for this for this these cases.
1: It's bad, um, but no, I think he's still the odds-on favorite by a pretty wide margin right now. So that makes me feel like there's a chance here. Um, I'm just sweating it out for the last couple of weeks. But the the main story I'm following. Yeah, obviously is the Mariners and the day that they clinch that playoff berth because they're going to, um, I'm going to cry. Um, this is not me being a terrible human being. I just don't cry very often. Like I did not cry at my wedding. I did not cry when my son was born. Um, but the Mariners were also my first love for like what as a four-year-old, I, the Mariners clinched that playoff berth. I'm going to cry. Like, it's mm-hmm. going to happen. And if my wife is listening to this, she's going to stab me in my sleep. So <laughs> I need to just stop talking right now. <laughs> but – and what's – what's this, this does suck a little bit, but, like, I understand the circumstances of it. Like, my son turns two next weekend, and the Mariners are in town, and I was super excited until I realized it was the same weekend, and I got a hard, hard, hard no from my wife about going yep. to a game that week. Yep. And I think just based on the way the schedule falls, like, I think the Mariners actually would clinch that birth probably that weekend in Kansas city. So I'm sitting there thinking I would totally go and watch that game. Uh, that's an absolute hard. No right now. Yeah. But regardless, the Mariners are going to make the playoffs for the first time since 2001 and the longest playoff drought of the North American sports <laughs> at 21 years. Uh, that is going to make wow. me pretty excited. Yeah.
2: That's I didn't know that. That's very surprising just cuz It is the longest
1: hard. playoff drought between the NBA, the NHL,
2: the NFL, and Major League Baseball. Huh. I guess yeah, with the with the Browns making the playoffs a couple day, a couple years ago, I guess
1: that was that, that made it the longest that year. So Ooh. I've had to listen to this for uh, not only just the Mariners having the longest drought in baseball, but every time you hear anybody talk about the Mariners, it's the longest hmm. drought in North American sports. I friggin' know, man.
2: You might as well count the twins just because they can't win when they're there. So they might that's as well not really be there. Okay. That's,
1: that's very so I'm fair. curious
2: that's as fair. to what that streak would be if you did that, but yeah, for all intents and purposes, it's cool to see the merit. Yeah. I, I could totally. And we've talked about it on the group chat. Like they have those 2014, 2015 Royals vibes to them. They're just kind of mm-hmm. fun and exciting to watch and for different, for different reasons, but they're just, yeah, young, excited. They seem to be able to have that X factor to be like, how are they doing this type of thing? So. Yeah, it's, it's the most, most embarrassed. Like it's your they're doing. Carlos they're, Santana's there.
1: The only thing Carlos Santana does is he hits two run home runs in high leverage situations. That's the sure only does. thing that he's done in Seattle. Like you to <laughs> look at the overall numbers since he's been in Seattle, it's just as bad as it was in Kansas City. He's just hit a couple clutch home runs, mm-hmm. and Mariners fans are like, "Yeah." And then for two weeks, like, why is this guy on the roster? And Then he hits another two run home run in a clutch situation. Yeah, and then he goes back down. Like it's the same concept. He's
2: he's Robert Horry.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's Pretty the much. Robert
2: Horry of the Seattle Mariners.
1: Basically, man. All right. Well, this is the middle of our work day. I know we got to get back and actually uh, grind the corporate clock here. So, uh, Josh, thank you very much for joining me today. Um, if you want to go and check a Royals game, be sure to check out our friends at Tickets for Less. Tickets has the best selection of Royals tickets, uh, concert shows, anything else in the area. Use our exclusive partner code KCSN22 uh, when you're shopping at tickets for less for any tickets. There's one more home stand left. They play the Twins next week and then the Mariners, and that's it. Because uh, then they go on a seven-game roadie to end the season. So... Uh, be sure you're going to save a lot of money. No crazy per ticket service fees, anything like that. I think it's for less. It's a local company. Uh, be sure to go support them. They support us. So we really appreciate what they do for us. Uh, KCSC, DraftKings, any, anybody else, uh, thank you so much. Be sure to subscribe to the audio channel. This is not really going to be on YouTube for a while. I'm really trying to grow that audio channel. So please be sure to go check that out. Subscribe. Leave us a review. Let us know what you want to hear this offseason uh, because we're still going to have shows between girls from one royal way this offseason. Uh, so please we're going to be scraping for content Uh, the content machine is really going to flow through the Chiefs I know you guys still want a little bit of Royals content so please let us know what you want to hear and we will talk to you all next week
3: the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better